Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends, and Happy New Year. A post I published on Substack on December 12th really resonated with people, and I wanted to read it here to set up the framing for a lot of thoughts I've been having around carving out a gentle entry into the new year. The post is called The Radical Act of Rest. Earlier this month, when tasked by my family to create a holiday wish list, I could only come up with two things. One, pretty note cards, and two, a fried chicken sandwich on gluten-free bread from a local cafe. I'm not kidding. That was it. I mean, the sandwich is just that good. After being encouraged to flesh out the list, I added a few other small things, but I had to dig deep to get to those items of delight. A good problem to have, I know. What I want most is arguably the most immediate and the most challenging to capture amidst the busy day-to-day of working and parenting. Quiet. Rest, play, time together, the internal permission to watch as much Netflix as I want. And there's another tricky thing. I'm not typically an at-rest kind of person, though I am working on embracing stillness. Part of me attributes this to modeling. The one time I ever saw my mom lie down in the years I lived at home was when she was laid up with a horrible case of the shingles. If you are 50 plus, by the way, go get your vaccine. Rest was not an option in my hard-driving, scarcity-fearing household growing up, and the urgency to keep my foot on the gas solidified at age 17, at which point there was a direct relationship between my willingness to push myself to extraordinary painful lengths and my ability to stay in college. And so, when I'm at work, I operate with what has been called a freakish level of focus and attention to both the creative big picture and the many details— And when I'm not working, I tend to bustle in some way, shape, or form. Finally, though, at age 50, I am ready for a true radical period of rest. I'm not kidding around this time. If you have been with me for a while, you may recall that this year was pivotal. After a tumultuous, rage-inducing front half of the year, I decided to make a leap into uncertainty. It was not a light or impulsive decision. It required a ton of reflection, therapy, mental trust-building exercises, and running of numbers. There were many moments of catastrophizing during which I would squeeze my eyes tight and imagine standing on the precipice of financial ruin, where young adult Christine tapped on my shoulder and said, you are expert at pushing yourself to extraordinary painful lengths. Just stay in that lane. But I was at the end of my rope, and being pushed to the edge emotionally in some ways was good because raw, intense feelings overrode my robotic, rationalizing, just-keep-shoveling-the-shit brain. My original plan was to punctuate my leap with the radical act of taking July and August off from my primary revenue lane, creative strategy and consulting. By that point, I had never taken more than a week of consecutive vacation since I started working as a young adult, so this was a big deal. I was ready to do it, or at least I thought I was. 
And then before I even reached my intended months of unemployment, a couple of small, wonderful client projects came my way, and I ended up taking them on because they were excellent fits to the type of work I love. I also suspect that at some level, I wasn't quite ready to lean all the way in to trust in taking two months off. That said, the good news was that even though I didn't fulfill my radical act of intentional temporary unemployment, it ended up being a beautiful model for how I could keep consulting, but at a pace that was more reasonable and provided me plenty of room to recover, recalibrate, and become an actual human being again. In September, a time-sensitive project that was in an emergency state came my way. If I took it on, about six-plus months' worth of work would need to be compressed into an 11-week window. I was worried about how much I would need to work, and the mission couldn't have been a better alignment for me. The opportunity also emerged right as I was looking for my next project. And so commenced a very fruitful, chaotic stretch, the kind of project that I went to bed and woke up thinking about. The past six months have been fascinating. It has been wonderful to rediscover how much I love working, being autonomous and creative and solving problems for clients, and being able to do that free of toxicity and stupid bullshit. And the intensity of the last three months has also made me crave and appreciate the potential for rest. And so I find myself now truly ready for a radical period of rest. Thanks to some intentional client pipeline orchestration, starting Friday, I'm taking a full month off from consulting. I will be disrupting the busy and urgent holiday trap with things like baking holiday cookies with my kids, having plenty of time for games, cuddle time, and walks with my family, building fires. In a nutshell, fulfilling my holiday wish list of everyday things that don't fit in a stocking or under a tree. Perhaps that's why I had so much trouble creating a list of tangibles. As I have reflected on this past year, in the context of my home base, I'm grateful to be part of a family system that holds me with complete, unconditional love and care always, and in particular during tough times. Because of my trust in them, they get the rawest, roughest edges of me when I'm in a tough season, and John, Laurel, Violet, and even my dog James are the ones who encourage me, in their own ways, to disrupt my own narrative around staying the extraordinarily painful course for survival's sake. And so, I couldn't be more delighted to present them with the restful, light side of me, the person that has been hoping and praying to finally arrive, and who is now, indeed, here. We'll be right back. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days, I take Hyacera every morning with my first glass of water, and like all of the Ritual products I have tried, the capsule actually smells good. Ritual's products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash edit. 
Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oftentimes, when asked to think about what one would do with a bonus hour, people reference things like exercise, play, and rest. These are all super important things, and I would recommend adding getting the support you need and deserve to your list. As a mom, independent business owner, and human blessed with many relationships, I spend a lot of time giving. So one of the greatest gifts of therapy for me has been the ability to know that someone is holding space for and listening to me. No filter required. I adjust my session frequency as needed, and it is a huge comfort knowing support is there for me. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. This online therapy platform was designed to remove the traditional barriers to therapy and make mental health care more accessible to everyone. Simply fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com edit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash edit. As I was responding to messages around this radical act of rest post, it made me think about reverse engineering the elements of my radical rest in service of gentle entry into the new year. Just for a little context, as I was trying to think about how I wanted to organize my lists around what I wanted to do during this month off, of course, I leaned into Todoist. There is a mini edit called How to Use Todoist if you want to learn more. And I set up a project called Slow Gear Month! with unicorn emojis around it. And procedurally, it was kind of interesting because normally I prefer to use Todoist in list mode so I can fit as much on the screen as possible. But for the Slow Gear Month, I wanted to use board mode, perhaps because I had originally thought of tacking up post-its on a wall to have a more visual view of what I wanted to do that month. I set up categories for personal, kids, holiday, and professional. And then I just populated the lists as I thought of things. Everything from the super mundane but satisfying, like finally hemming a pair of pajama bottoms that I'm always at risk of tripping over, to holiday cookie planning, to finding ice skates for Violet, to catching up on Edit Your Life thank you emails to listeners, on which I was very overdue. And the other fascinating difference from how I usually operate with my to-do lists is that for the most part, unless something like a social engagement was truly time sensitive, I did not assign due dates. During this slow month, since I have less on my regular to-do lists of time sensitive things, I just wanted to be able to look at the board and see what felt fun or inspiring to tackle as I went. And all of this connects to the gentle entry into the New Year tips I'm going to share now. The first thing I want to recommend is goal reframing. It was so interesting. In December, as I was having conversations with friends and colleagues, I heard from so many people who were like, I cannot even think about goals. I am overwhelmed, saturated, done. And that is fine. You don't need to speed out of the gates this week or next to identify what you'd like to do this year. You could choose to think about what you want out of this coming year towards the end of the month, and then think about what you might want to be able to tackle over quarters of the year. It is your process. My second recommendation is tactical, and it is a calendar edit, one of my very favorite topics, as you know. And this and next week especially, if your calendar is freaking you out, 
I would issue a loving and heavy hand editing things out. If there are professional meetings that are not urgent and can be moved, move them. If there are optional things that you're really not wanting to do, delete them. It's okay. The inverse of this calendar edit is to focus energy on loving relationships. If you are going to add anything into your calendar, add connection time with loved ones. This was one of my big priorities over my month of radical rest. I scheduled those lunch or coffee dates or walks or get togethers that I had been delaying on. I got to visit with the delicious newborn baby of two dear friends of mine. And it's the sort of thing where, you know, they live maybe 35 minutes away. So it feels like a little bit of a project to get there. But on a weekend where there's more space, it was just fine. And for friends who don't live close by, it was phone calls, Zooms, Zooms that I actually looked forward to. It has been so nourishing to not just think about those social engagements, but to actually act on them and connect with people. It has been so good for my wellness and mental health. Another thing I recommend leaning into as you work on gentle entry into this new year is leaning into nurturing physical activities. And this isn't about fitness goals at the beginning of the years or plank challenges or any of those things. It's because I feel like there is a tendency to get very into our heads at the beginning of the year. And this is the reason why I think leaning into the physical to support your entry into the new year in a gentle way is really, really important. To give you a few examples, none of the things that I am prioritizing require money or memberships. One is morning walks with John. We actually usually take James out in the morning together. This is our time to connect and download about the day and just catch up on things that we haven't had a chance to talk to. It is one of my most treasured times of the day. So it is like a relationship plus physical activity win. A second thing that I've been trying to do more is dog hikes with a good friend of mine in town. We take the dogs into the woods. They have a fantastic time. They are exhausted by the end. And then James, who is a very high energy dog, is much more mellow during the rest of the day, which is wonderful. And I've talked about this third thing before, but by the time this episode airs, I will have started, I imagine, Yoga with Adrian's January challenge. It's called Flow 2024. And I want to emphasize that even though this is a daily challenge for January, I always finish it in February. My goal is always just to finish the sequence, but it doesn't need to be every day. And I just want to set myself up for doing it in a way that works for me and these other priorities like hikes with dogs and things like that. And it's free and on YouTube, so you can join anytime if you feel so inspired. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. My fifth recommendation, especially right now, is to limit your social media if it's making you feel crappy or if it just feels, you know, kind of like junk food. There are, in fact, a lot of other things you can do instead of scrolling. And also, especially this time of year, it might be a good idea to avoid what I call goal porn season. So whether it's things like reading, puzzles, baking, gentle stretching, making yourself a nice cup of tea, those are a few of my favorites. Just there's so many other things you can choose to do, but it does require intention to do it. I mean, it is easier to sit and scroll. I deal with that myself, so I get it. Another key recommendation for gentle entry into this year is to identify some tiny doable tasks. So, of course, this is right in my alley of everything micro, and this has been a really fun part of my slow gear month board. Part of what I've been delighting in, as I mentioned earlier, is just identifying those little tasks that have just been kind of getting bumped along and not done. So whether it was hemming the pajama pants so I'm no longer a fall risk, that was a big one. I've also made fire starters. I have it on my list to tackle the messy bathroom closet that is exploding with ratty towels. Just these little things that are somewhere in the order of like 10 to 20 minute tasks, but very satisfying when you do them is really, really good. And then finally, I want to talk about what I'll just call good input. In December, in my Micro Delights episode, I mentioned the Mel Robbins podcast episode about gut health. And while many of the recommendations were in line with foods I already like, the doctor's recommendations on that show did inspire me to go try some new things like buying asparagus and mushrooms, which for some reason are not in my usual rotation. John and I both remarked in eating the mushrooms and asparagus how lovely and nourishing those vegetables felt. So whether it's different vegetables, amping up your water content, or something else, I recommend focusing on input that is gentle and caring to your system. For your next edit, I want to recommend something really, really simple, and that is to text, email, or call someone just to let them know you're thinking of them. No agenda no asks. If a social engagement comes out of it, great, but that's not the point. The point is just a simple act, 
a touch point to let someone know you're thinking of them. I started doing this in the fall, like where when I actually thought of somebody in the moment, I would tap into my to-do app really quickly, whoever the person's name was. So I would remember when I was in a place to text that I wanted to send them a note. And people were just always so happy to know that somebody is thinking of them. And it was just such a lovely relationship build. So I highly recommend it. It's a simple act that doesn't take much time. And it is really, really lovely. Now, before I close out, I just wanted to make another ask in case you didn't hear in December, but I have a survey open for Edit Your Life that I would be so grateful if you would fill out. Go to edityourlifeshow.com slash survey, and it will just take a few minutes of your time. Thank you in advance for that. And you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life, a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.